Hi, I'm Hathaway Hester with Chicago Area Archivist, and I'm also Archivist and Digital Preservation Librarian with the National Association of Realtors. Every October, the Chicago Area Archivist sponsors Chicago Open Archives, a month-long event held in conjunction with American Archives Month, where archives across the Chicago area open their doors to the public. As a prelude to Chicago Open Archives, we're talking to archivists across Chicago about their jobs and their collections. Today I'm here with Raquel Flores Clemens, University Archivist and Director of Archives, Records Management, and Special Collections at Chicago State University. Hi Raquel, thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I have a few questions for you about what you collect at okay. Chicago State University. Um, okay. I imagine the history of the university is a big collection. Yes, yes. And um, what are some other collecting areas? There's a strong focus on the African-American experience at the institution because it is a predominantly black institution. In addition to the large university history and the early history, which really speaks to progressive education, early history of public education, and that then extends throughout the history of the institution through photographs, through various documentation, through the newspaper that once was in publication there through the 90s. Our yearbooks, we have a lot of the history of the university and really that you can see the visual change in the demographic within the yearbooks because that kind of shows the student activities, the student participation. But we also have additional collections that are part of the special collections uh, unit or arm apartment that speaks to the larger history of the communities in which the university inhabited. So uh, Chicago State, formerly Chicago Teachers College, and has a shared history with Northeastern, was formerly in Inglewood, and that's actually where the longest history of the institution was. They resided there in Inglewood the longest. And so we have collections that kind of reflect the communities. So we have, you know, various photographs. We have one collection that we had that was a university-produced uh, collection. It's the oral history collection. And that was a huge undertaking by the, at the time, the newly founded history department. It started in the late 60s. And this was a very, it was, it was a great effort to try to document as many community members and residents of the city as a whole, uh, but particularly focusing on the area surrounding the university to try to just document people's experiences in the city and their communities and really to demonstrate the change that was happening in the city as a whole, the change that had already happened that wasn't necessarily reflected the university's history formally, more evidence to show the need for the university itself to grow in its curriculum and the, the services that it provided to, at that time, a growing demographic of students that were representing the community in which it inhabited. You know, Inglewood transitioned fully at that point to a predominantly black community, even when it was still a predominantly white institution. And so that oral history kind of, you know, we get a lot of requests for that because it does kind of demonstrate that change. And there's a lot of noted people that are within those records, including Margaret Burroughs, who was the founder of DuSable Museum. She, too, is a Chicago Teachers College alum because she got a, a teaching certificate there before she went on to the Art Institute. And so she was a interviewee and an interviewer. So we get, in, in, but it's also a lot of prominent people in politics and, and, and community service and that sort of thing representing those records that people often request to come view what they have to say about their experiences. We also have the uh, Judge Eugene Pincham collection as a part of our special collections, and he was a prominent judge and attorney in Chicago from the South Side. He also was a, you know, a politician in many ways because 
He also ran for mayor under the Harold Washington party ticket. He was known as a close colleague and friend of Harold Washington. And I love these type of collections because you just see the love and the respect of his you know, his family and community had for him because mm-hmm. it's such a care that that came with this collection. There's this huge collection of, like, photographs and photo books that were put together by his family that kind of really uh, celebrates his life and his professional career. Uh, so we have that. We have documents of his, like, just of his judgments and his, you know, just his writings and thoughts and opinions on various things that was happening in the community, but also, in you know, in the courtroom. We get interest in his collection, especially around this kind of criminal justice reform, because he was a voice in the courtroom really advocating for people of color and those who were from underrepresented communities and acknowledging the barriers when people from those communities enter the courtroom and some of the injustices that would happen even within, you know, the system within that process. You know, it's great kind of reading through some of his thoughts and his judgments because he was very vocal about like this person is coming from this community and the way that this this happened, their their arrest or the way this happened, there's an injustice there, there was something wrong there. Or even in how that their sentence or whatever will come down, like that's too harsh because this, you know, they're coming from this particular environment and we have to keep those things in mind. So he really brought this social conscious to his judgment. So I think that was that's very interesting. And uh, he was someone that was, you know, again, well respected. We also have artifacts from his office. It's like this desk and these two chairs and all these plaques and awards and photographs and clippings and things that he collected of other people in the community, but also, you know, connecting with his career and everything. So that's a great collection. And then it also kind of ties in with the other collection that we have, the Illinois Black Legislative Collection. Uh, We have the papers of Margaret Smith. We have a chair of hers, too, in the wonderful painting. And then we have all these other, uh, we have a large photo collection just representing all of the black legislators that have been a part of the Senate and, you know, House of Representatives and from the first to the, you know, to the most recent. Those are things that just kind of show the impact of African-American people, the impact not only of those communities, but, you know, on the state and, and beyond. Oh, gosh, I go on and on. (laughs) But um, one thing I do want to make sure I mention is we are now residing in the newly named Gwendolyn Brooks Library. Ms. Brooks was bestowed that honor just because she was awesome and she was a phenomenal person and a phenomenal woman and artist. But she also was distinguished professor of English at Chicago State. Chicago State University was her academic home for the last 10 years of her life. And so we have, you know, great, you know, photo collection that just documents her time there, her interactions with students, her interaction with faculty. She taught many of her classes with Professor Hakeem Adabudi, and he was who was responsible for, you know, really bringing her in. He founded the Gwendolyn Brooks Writing Center, which still exists at Chicago State today, and so we have that collection as well. We also have the Black Writers Hall of Fame, which was a part of the Black Writers Conference that existed at the institution for about 20 years and just brought... I mean, who's who in black arts and literature and film. And we have that collection. The plaques are hanging, like, outside of the walls of the, the archive. And so, uh, again, that's something that's very unique, you know, to Chicago mm-hmm. State. And just speaks to not only those individuals and their love for their craft and when they're in and what they did as poets, as artists, but love for their people. Because we're talking about, you know, especially with Professor Hatmata he's an institution builder. And so I'm very happy to have a representation of Ms. Brooks and what he's done as well in the archive in that way. And we also have the Black Writers Conference 
all 20 years of recordings of those events. And so it's really? a pretty, yeah, so it's a pretty massive collection. We also, uh, Chicago State was the first institution to have an, an ARS system, the automatic retrieval system, so, you know, high density storage. And so that collection just is, you know, between VHS, SVHS, and mini DV tapes. And it takes up about three bins. Uh, and those are pretty big bins if you're familiar oh with with the ARS system. So it's a lot. And so I'm, I'm currently about to work with a vendor to get those digitized because I'm hoping to at least debut the digitized recordings on just let the world know like we have them. And if you can't come to the archives to see them, we have them available in digital uh, mm-hmm. format. And so uh, I'm hoping to debut that by the time of the naming ceremony. And that will happen on October 18th. And um, uh, that reminds me, yeah. that ties into some activities you have planned for Chicago Open Archives. Yes, yes. So we definitely will have an open house. Still working out the logistics of that, but it will be during the week of the uh, naming ceremony, if not on the day of, like early in the day. And we would certainly have exhibits in the archive as well as in the rotunda on campus uh, that's in the student union building. And I usually try to put something up for special events or special commemorations. We'll be having up uh, some exhibits in the Rotunda for Latino Heritage Month, but also for Archives Month. I am in the process of confirming (laughs) uh, panels that we'll be having in the month of October. It'll be either during that week or towards the end of the month. One of the uh, panel discussions will be between two very important organizations that really uh, fought for rights and and did good work for both black and brown people. So um, hopefully, you know, I can let the world know soon. I'm just waiting for, you know, confirmation on dates. Oh, I look like forward that. to hearing more. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. If people want to come see anything at your archives, um, any of the exhibits, or mm-hmm. even just visit the archives in general, yeah. can they just walk in? The week of October 15th is when we can, you know, welcome the public in and you could just come. Uh, we do encourage appointments simply because I am a lone archivist. <laughs> I'm a lone arranger. Mm-hmm. Although there is a records coordinator and he supports me on so many projects. Uh, shout out to Brandon Rupel, the records coordinator at Chicago State. But we, because it's, you know, just a very small department, you know, if we go into a meeting. There's no, you know, it's just, you know, that's, it's just us so that we have to maybe close for like an hour or so. So. We do encourage people to call. But with that being said, it's a public, you know, institution. It's a public archive. So, you know, we welcome not only the student population, but we also serve the public. And quite frankly, most of our visitors are researchers from other organizations, other institutions. It's given all the, oh, <laughs> the whole list. I have heard so much <laughs> yeah, already. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm curious, being in the university setting, what the relationship is like between the students and the archives and the faculty. Yeah. It's interesting. For overall, the institution supports and supports not only the archive and understand what it what it means and what it stands for, and the importance of having you know an archive. When I usually in, interface with students, they're usually kind of surprised at like all the wealth of information and materials that we have because. Most students, they know the library, but unless, like, the faculty directs them to the archive to uh, do a paper or, you know, engage in 
primary source research. They really don't know about the <laughs> the archive. So my goal, I feel like I'm like a you know a brand rep or something. Like I I go out there with flyers <laughs> and like passing them out like come to the archive, you know, <laughs> because a lot, students a lot of times don't you know don't know about the archives. But once they do know and they come into the space, they're usually pretty like oh wow this I'm gonna come back, you know. And a lot of times we do get students just to come back like oh what are you all doing today? And you know most of the interaction d- does come from my program. I really, I am a believer in activating the archive, you know, really finding something in the archive that will uh, connect with people, connect with, with current events, making history relevant. And, you know, I, I tend to do a lot of programs and exhibits, not only to promote the archive and the collections, but to really promote the narrative and the positive narratives that exist in that institution, which is very needed right now because of the hit that that institution has taken from the budget impasse and so many other things. So much of our work as archivists is that um, engagement with whoever our communities may mm-hmm, be, mm-hmm. whether it's students or in a corporate environment, the, even letting the staff know that we exist, yeah. what we do, why archives are important. Yeah. And it sounds like you have come up with a lot of great events. I'll uh, do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, we'll, and you'll have more in October. Yeah. So that's really in keeping with the whole spirit of Chicago Open Archives is to really get that word out yeah. about yeah. Why, why archives matter, why history matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. <laughs> I look forward to your Chicago Open Archives events. Yeah. I look forward to visiting the library yes, and archives. Yes, yes, please do. <laughs> um, and again, it was a pleasure speaking with you today, Raquel. Yes, thank you. This was great. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Area Archivist COA podcast. We would like to thank Chicago Area Archivists, Chicago Open Archives Planning Committee, Engineer Allison Shine Holmes, and WFMT for their time and effort.